AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. It was a Wednesday whipshaw open after yesterday's turnaround Tuesday. Man, corn, beans, wheat, cattle, and hogs all off to a sputtering start today. It does look like the cattle futures are recovering, or at least trying to. We'll turn our attention to fertilizers today and reflect with our panel in this morning's Farmer Forum. Live from the foothills of Hump Day via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, we begin with a conversation with Josh Linville from StoneX. Then it's our weekly Farmer Forum with panelists Tim Gregerson and Scott Berger. And directly following the news, Margie Echelkamp from The Scoop. I'm Michelle Rook. And now, filling in for Chip is Davis Michelson. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to AgriTalk. Yeah, in for chip again this morning uh yeah it seems seems like a pretty decent day hi how's it going for you so far today michelle well the day is going good except for the markets (laughs) i hate it when there's red all over the screen when i start off the day i know i know and they've been all over the place uh this week it's been is it whipsaw or whipshaw i've never been properly informed Whipshaw? Uh, I say whipshaw. You know what? I don't use that term very much. So I think it's kind of like potato, potato. I don't know. Okay. Tomato, tomato. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Beagle, bagel. It's the same thing. Um, But uh, definitely some some pressure on the markets today. You had a line on uh, some thoughts where this pressure might be coming from, Michelle. Well, Argentina, we've been watching, you know, we talked yesterday about the president being inaugurated over there. And Argentina this morning announced that they're weakening their peso 54 percent to 100 uh, per dollar. I think it was like 346 before that. So they're also going to put in extensive spending cuts and they're trying to get the fiscal deficit down as they go into this next year or into next year. And now the thing that we're watching is, are they going to stop issuing um, export taxes? They stopped issuing export licenses yesterday already, but mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. they lower their export taxes on grains? That's the next big question. Well, and did I hear you correctly? Have they artificially deflated their currency so that it is on basically on par one-to-one with the U.S. dollar? Uh, they were going to tie it to the dollar, but they have just mm-hmm. decided to devalue it. And okay. so I'm assuming that, you know, there was a lot of farmer selling yesterday, apparently mm-hmm. in Argentina, some commercial selling ahead of this, because now this will make uh, some of their ag products a little less valuable. So there was a lot sure. of selling yesterday in anticipation huh. of it. Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. Definitely, uh, we got to we got to keep an eye on Argentina. Lots to get to. Why don't you start us off, Michelle? Yeah, we had a 
export sale, a daily sale reported by USDA, 125,000 metric tons soybeans to unknown destinations. That's 4.6 million bushels, but it was for new crops. So the 24-25 marketing year. As far as weather, moderate to heavy snow and below average temperatures expected by the National Weather Service over portions of the Southern Rockies High Plains through early next Friday. Excessive rainfall concerns over southeastern Florida the next few days. Northern Plains and West, it looked like they're going to warm up. The average price per gallon in the U.S. for highway diesel fuel down 10 and a half cents from the week before. It's the seventh straight weekly contraction, the lowest level we have seen since the week of July 24th. According to the Energy Information Administration, the current national average lies at 398 per gallon. EIA also saying this morning ethanol production, though, was up on the flip side. Traders are weighing Mm-hmm. Yeah, traders are weighing softer yet persistent inflation and weakening demand from China. The West Texas Intermediate Crude contract for January fell nearly 4% yesterday, settling at 68.61 a barrel, first time under $70 for quite some time. Now, while the Brent contract for February slipped more than 3.5% at 73.24. Let me hop in here really quick. Uh, just heads up alert. Uh, seasonally, we do expect for farm diesel prices to to soften starting any time now in through the first of the year and sometimes we'll see that softness persist uh across the flip to the calendar so just just be in touch with your preferred retailer there may be some opportunities on farm diesel here certainly highway diesel is lower michelle yeah, no doubt. Now, in the coming year, electricity generated from solar and wind systems in the U.S. is projected to exceed the power produced by burning coal for the first time. So we're starting to flip the script there. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, currently faced with the decision on whether to follow through on his threat to keep the Senate in session until he addresses his extensive to-do list. However, there's a sense of urgency in the Senate with lawmakers showing signs of wanting to adjourn for the year. Of course, they want to well, go home for the holidays. So, Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to herd cats, but it's a whole other thing to herd cats who just want to go home. Yeah, no doubt. Despite personal lobbying by Vladimir Zelensky and President Biden, Republican lawmakers continue to insist additional money and weapons to combat Russian forces must be paired with changes to U.S. border security. It's thought unlikely the aid will come by year end. The Treasury and State Departments have sanctioned more than 250 companies and individuals in China, Turkey, and the United Arab Emirates, alleging that their continuing support for Russia has been crucial to sustaining its invasion of Ukraine. And recent reports suggest that the Treasury Department is preparing to provide instructions on how to qualify for sustainable aviation fuel credits, one that we'll be watching real closely. Absolutely. Lots to untie there, um, including figuring out how much emissions it is. It produces to create sustainable aviation fuel, and how do we figure that in? Thanks, Michelle. Appreciate you. Margie Echocamp from The Scoop now joins. Hey, great to be with you guys this morning. Thanks for having me on. want to highlight two recent announcements really bringing forward this idea of plants telling us when they need some kind of intervention because of a disease or other uh, stressor in their growth and development. So Growmark and Interplant have just announced a three-year pilot putting out Interplant's Inner Soy product. Now, Inner Soy are engineered 
to be fluorescent when under attack from a fungus. So the plant itself, the leaves actually show a different color. So this coming year, Growmark is going to establish sentinel plot locations to help inform them of early warning of disease infestations near their production soybean farms. So really their goal is twofold, provide precision scouting as well as improved agronomic intelligence. Now, this is part of Growmark's ongoing efforts to really look at how they can gain experience with spore cams, remote sensing, and manual infield scouting to really highlight these new agronomic tools. And then also, we have a new ruling by the USDA Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, or APHIS, allowing farmers and growers to run trials on corn plants developed by Insignium Ag Tech. Now, Insignium Ag Tech is using technology that specifically in its first product turns leaves purple when a disease is present, but not available to be monitored as a, an active infestation in another way. They're also looking at some other color signals that can help monitor with fertility issues as well as pest pressures. So lots more to come on the technology of how plants can tell us that they may need some kind of help to maximize their growth. Fascinating stuff, Margie. We appreciate it. That's Margie Echelkamp from The Scoop. Stick around. We've got Josh Linville from Stonex for a fertilizer update next. The Scoop on Agritalk is brought to you by Tyrannus, moving the acre forward. Every acre tells a story. Find yours at acreforward.com. That's acreforward.com. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. AgriTalk is brought to you by the Advanced Acre RX program from Winfield United. To hear directly from farmers how Advanced Acre RX helps you get the most out of your season, visit winfieldunited.com slash AARX. And welcome back to AgriTalk, everyone. Your pal Davis Michelson behind the big green leafy microphone of AgriTalk in Chip's stead. Michelle Rook and I are kind of tag-teaming this week's coverage this afternoon. Uh, Michelle takes the show. Uh, let me make sure I'm getting this right because it's Wednesday. Yes, I've got this morning. She'll take the next two. I've got the following two. And I think she's going to wrap us up on Friday afternoon, if I'm not mistaken. And then Chip will be back first thing Monday morning um, after his conservation efforts are complete. Right now, I've got Josh Linville from Stonex. Josh, dude, it's been a, been a while since we talked. It's always great to get an update from you. I appreciate you spending the time, brother. How are you today? 
I'm doing good. Uh, a little of a uh, late arrival last night. Was up in Minneapolis for a show and gave a little presentation there. I rolled back in the driveway about midnight last night. But you know, a half night wow. sleep in your home bed versus a full night sleep in your hotel, I'll take home any day of the week. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> uh, can, can I ask you? Were up there for business? Uh, yeah, up there at the uh, the Minnesota Crop Protection uh, Show. Ooh, Very annual okay. event. What's the word on the street there? What are they talking about? Fertilizer prices are too high. Have you heard that, Ain? <laughs> you know, I think I read that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'll tell you what. Everybody sounds like it was a really, really good fall run. Everybody was pretty pleased, talking a lot about uh, some pretty big numbers out there. We're trying to get our hands wrapped around it. But all in all, Mother Nature did us a solid this year. Everybody got out there, got their stuff done. So got a lot of uh, fertilizer in the rearview mirror, fortunately. Good, good, excellent. Um, I got a question from one of our panelists, and I think it's a great place to start here. We're going to speak a little bit broadly to begin. Uh, are you familiar with Senator Chuck Grassley's fertilizer transparency bill? Uh, yeah, so it looks like uh, Grassley, and I think also uh, was it Baldwin and Ernst, uh, all three came together, bipartisan deal, and starting to kind of look at it, trying to figure out, well, what's going on with this situation? And it's funny, uh, threw some stuff on Twitter and had a few conversations and I've had more people sit there and say things to the effect of like, I've never, you know, wasn't it Reagan that said I'm from the government, I'm here to help is one of the scariest <laughs> things ever. That's right. So maybe not the optimism we were kind of all hoping for, but I, I'm looking at it from a positive light. I'm, I'm hoping something good comes from this. Okay, great, great. Um, sort of on the, the policy front, I see that we've lowered the duties on phosphates from Morocco. But as as I read the situation, Morocco has already found other customers that don't want to hassle them with the sort of duties that were initially imposed, which, as I recall, were in the neighborhood of 20 percent. If I've got that right, Josh, help me with my details here. But have we I mean, you talk about those trade flows and once they're disrupted, it's really difficult you know, to move that river back to where the old riverbed was. What are our chances with Morocco here? Does lowering these duties help us to uh, woo them back? Unfortunately, no. I, I've been ah. a little bit of a uh, negative Nancy out here on this situation. So yeah. we saw the change. There was one Russian company that only had a rate of about 9.19%. And Russia had been sending some product over here. Not a ton, but at least it was something. You know, We'll take whatever help we can get. The last change, they actually moved them from that 9.19 up to 26.5%. So we can effectively say Russia's shut out. They're not coming here in a big way. Mm -hmm. There was a ton of optimism on the Morocco front because they were around 20%, 19.97, I think it was. And the expectation was to see them drop to 15. Well, they dropped all the way down to 2.12. And man, I'll tell you what, high fives and cheers and drinks and things like that. And sure, like I said, I unfortunately had to stamp down the excitement and say, guys, Morocco has not come to the U.S. in a big way since that summer of 22, or 2020 when this duty was first put into place. Mm -hmm. They want a 0% rate. And look at it from their perspective. They have been selling around the world. They've got all these sales opportunities around the world that does not include the U.S. Um, they are looking at it and saying, listen, 2% may not be much, but when you look at what it is in the Gulf of Mexico, that's still 10 12 bucks a ton. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at it from the long term. What? How does their argument look? If they bring, let's just say they bring half a million tons to the marketplace after dropping it to 2%, if they go and say, well, I, it needs to be zero, everybody's going to say, shut up. You brought all this tonnage when we dropped to 2%. That works. Leave it where it is. Be happy. So it's in their best interest, honestly, to not come here and continue to force that conversation to say 2.12 is a great start. 
if you go just a little bit further, we'll start coming again. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It's the old uh, zero is less than 2% routine, isn't it? That it is. You know, it's, it's pretty a, simple It's a pale cold as time. Yeah. Yep. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. Okay. Um, so are we are we concerned with that constraining supplies? Now, you're talking, you know, this, it, it's it's been a while, a, a full season, maybe a full season and a half since those those phosphates from Morocco began to slow. Are we seeing a, a supply problem at all in response to this? It worries. It may be the better word, okay. way to say okay. it. And this is, it's twofold, right? It's number one, three of the largest exporters in the world are not coming to the U.S. more than likely. We don't know this for sure, of course. We got to wait and see how the numbers shake out. But we can assume China still is not coming. Those duties were put in place during the Trump era. Yep. We got to assume with Russia numbers going up that they're not going to come. And we're going to assume that Morocco isn't coming because of the 2% that still remains. Three of the biggest country or export countries in the world are, they've got a hurdle to cross over to get to come here. Mm -hmm. That makes us suffer a little bit. Now we're fortunately seeing a product come from some other countries out there, but their exports are so much smaller. Yeah. Dave, the thing yeah. that really worries me more is the fact that we just finished up this tremendously big fall run. We have emptied the system. And for most of us, winter seems like it takes forever, right? I know it does for yeah. me. It's just like drags on and on and on. Right. We're middle of December. Mm -hmm. We have three months. We have 90 days until it's the middle of March. And a lot of farmers across the country start to go to the field with their phosphate and potash again. Mm -hmm. That is not a long time. So I guess when you look at the river situations and some of the discussions about rail and everything else out there, I, I'm honestly, I'm concerned about the phosphate supply. I'm more concerned about the logistics to get everything ready for spring season. Okay. That, uh, that seems completely, completely legit there. Um, and I guess the smart money applied in the fall or, or at least uh, applied most of what they had expected to put down in the fall. Uh, hey, what's, <laughs> you don't have to answer this because I'm not asking you about fertilizer necessarily with this question, but I got to know, uh, the opinion around your campfire. Did China grow a record corn crop? I haven't heard much about it. Um, no. I, it, truth be told, I've been traveling the last several weeks at a lot of these okay. conference shows and uh, customer meetings and stuff like that. So yeah. I've not been out. Today's the first day I've been in the office probably three weeks. So I, I can't really speak that. I've not heard much internally about it. Okay. Fair enough. I, there, it showed up as a blip on the radar and I've just sort of been asking, do we really, I mean, we tend to be skeptical when, you know, anything starts with the Chinese ministry of uh, <laughs> fill in the blank and we're skeptical, you know, whatever. Well, let's um, just okay. say this. Uh, December yes. 24 corn, I'm still showing it around 508. I, I would uh -huh. say probably more people agree with you. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, what are your What are your biggest areas of concern? We talked about maybe the phosphates by spring. If I'm a farmer and I'm listening to Josh Linville and he gives me advice of something to keep an eye on, what is that thing or what are those things? It's going to be the availability in the springtime. And now, I'm going to preface this with, I know this is a situation that we have cried wolf on so many times, and I'm not going to sit there and lie to anybody and say, oh, you're just not going to be able to get it. Mm -hmm. That's bunk. That's that's a, that's not something that happens. If you're willing to wait and you're willing to pay the price, you'll get the product. But that's my fear, is that a lot of people are still in that mode of where I'm going to wait until the last minute. I'm going to you know really put the pressure on them, and I'm going to wait until that last minute, and then I'll come buy it. Given the logistical issues and things like that, I, I cannot press enough how important it is to have this conversation sooner and more often. You don't even have to buy the product, but just go into your retailer and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking for spring. Mm -hmm. How are you looking? How's availability? You know, in this market, there's a lot of risk 
from the farm gate to the retail side. So the more conversation we can have, look at that a little more as a partnership than a uh, kind of an adversarial sales point. I think it goes a long way this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, concerns for European production as the mercury falls? Right now, honestly, it's been getting better. So after the uh, the Hamas attack on Israel, we saw the Dutch TTF spike up to like $17, $18 an MMBTU for the winter months. Mm-hmm. And we started to get a little nervous, like, oh, are we going to see some more plants down? Since that point, yesterday closed out with uh, almost every single month nearby at $11. Uh, was it January? was sub-11 yeah. bucks. So it's dropped significantly. Now, we're not seeing plants turn back on yet. You know, at the same time that mm-hmm. Dutch TTFs have been falling, their their input costs have been going down. Well, so has the output. The nitrogen market has been falling with it. But if we see a little bit of a spike in nitrogen or if we see Dutch fall a little bit more, we could mm-hmm. see plants starting to turn back online. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, ooh, before we run out of time here, um, yes. I'm just going to ask you really quickly. You can answer this however vaguely you would like, <laughs> um, but everybody wants to know. When I uh, when we get to what March, what's a ton of anhydrous going to cost me? Above below I, today's price, don't know. I would say close say. close yeah. to today's price, if not a little bit higher. Um, like I said, we had a tremendously good fall season. The manufacturers and the supply chain, the big storyline is going to be a struggle to refill the system by spring, by middle of March. I think that helps hold prices up through spring. Very good. Josh Linville, you've been super generous with your time. I really appreciate it. Just just off the road. Uh, maybe take a nap or something. I don't know. Appreciate you. Josh oh, Linville from Stonex. Second cup of coffee. <laughs> Josh Linville, we always, we always appreciate his insights into the fertilizer biz. We're going to talk uh, markets with Brian Grady, and then our Farmer Forum kicks off next. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. And joining us now, Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady. Brian, these cattles are making a liar out of me. A half an hour ago, I said, hey, it looks like cattle's trying to recover here. We're back in the red, baby. Yeah, uh, you know, three days up, Davis, of corrected mm-hmm. buying. So a uh, classic correction after an extended move. And, and uh, today's a pretty critical day, not only today, but uh, the rest of the week for that matter. So, um, you know, if we can find some buyer interest under the market, sustained buyer interest under the market today, uh, that would be big. But here at mid-morning, like you mentioned, we're slight to moderate losses in live cattle and uh, uh, moderate to, I guess, moderate losses in the front end of feeder cattle as well. Well, and hogs are along for the ride to the downside as well. Yeah, uh, so it's kind of just been back and forth here recently with the uh, the hog contracts, especially that February, which will assume lead month status uh, uh, after the December contract expires tomorrow. And, and, you know, it's been volleying back and forth, a premium to the cash index and a discount to the cash index, and, and now it's back to a discount to the cash index with today's losses. The uh, soybean complex, the meal and the oil, really aren't doing much to help out soybean prices today. Du- down double digits in the beans. Yeah, uh, you know, we had a daily soybean sale, um, so that's the sixth consecutive day. There was a change up, though. This is new crop, so 2024 25. Um, that's the first one in that string that's been new crop in, instead of 23 24. And, and so, uh, but just not having much impact. Uh, Brazil's in line for some rains, it, it looks like, coming in next monday uh probably for about a week worth of of better shower activity putting pressure on uh, soybeans this morning for sure we've got we've got corn down i'll call it four to six cents right now and then the uh 
The wheats were mixed, but lower as well. Thanks, Brian Grady from Pro Farmer on Markets Now. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. AgriTalk is brought to you by Brevant Seeds. You want someone who knows how to do the whole job. That's what ag retailers do. That's why Brevant Seeds are available only through retailers. Find yours at brevant.com slash retail. Great conversation with Josh Linville right here on AgriTalk. Appreciate his time. Glad that you've decided to listen this morning. Uh, Chip is out. He'll be back on Monday morning. Right now, I've got the Farmer Forum chambered, ready to fire. Let's bring in Tim Gregerson from Nebraska. Good morning, Tim. How are you, buddy? I'm good, Davis. How about yourself? I'm hanging right in there. 41 degrees, kind of sunny here in the city of Kansas. Current conditions outside your window, sir. 29 and sunny we got down to 16 no snow on the ground so we're cold at night warm during the day i bet you wouldn't wouldn't turn down a little bit of snow though eh uh an inch of rain in march is better than 15 inches of snow in nebraska (laughs) too much wind fair enough fair enough uh let me also bring in scott berger from iowa scott welcome to agritalk thanks for joining us this morning good morning gentlemen thank you uh, what's it, uh, what's it look like out your window there right now, Scott? Sunny and 37, not a cloud in the sky. It's a beautiful day in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotta love that. Gotta love that. Um, Tim, I want to start with you. I, I'm just going to kind of leave this wide open for whatever you want to, want to tell us, but I do want to know about looking back what it was like to grow soybeans in Nebraska in a year like 2023. Well, um, we have determined that we've got a few more bugs than we used to have that are affecting and causing some more diseases in our state. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, we've had a lot more diseases in soybean crops the last two years in Nebraska. So it's been a little more challenging. Of course, we did not get the rainfall last year um, in certain parts of the state. It was quite variable. And that also affected uh, our soybean yields in Nebraska. But even on the irrigated, on the top end, uh, we've got a couple pests that are taking some yield and also opening up for more diseases. So you got some some bug and disease pressure that's of concern. Um, at, so how how do the farmers in your area deal with that? Are we talking 
some some applications? Are we going to try and kill the bugs to stop the disease, or do we do we rotate some bean acres out to corn? Um, you know, we, with irrigation in Nebraska, we can rotate some acres out to corn in the irrigated areas, uh, but these particularly these two pests are very hard to control with insecticides because the timing that they're available to get the insecticide activated on them is so narrow that yeah. it's virtually impossible at this point in time to uh, get them with insecticides. So, you know, rotating out is, is definitely an option, but, uh, you know, the weather function after, uh, during the winter maybe can lessen their survival rate, but they're so new, we don't know a lot about them yet. Interesting. Interesting. Do you have a feel for how much yield potential might've been lost? Uh, one with the stem bore, we had a particular field. Um, some of our better ground with pivot irrigated was 13 bushel less than right across the gravel road uh, with a different variety, but same maturity on dry land and quite a little bit poorer soil. So um, they have the ability to take quite a bit of yield at times. Yeah, that is significant. Uh, Scott, you're up there in central Iowa. Um, have, what's what's the bug conversation up there? Uh, we have bug conversations on the other crops. A lot of uh, corn rootworm taking corn down. Uh, it's not as prevalent in my immediate area. You know, northwest and northeast Iowa do a lot of corn on corn, so they're fighting it a lot more than we are. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm looking at uh, the simple rotation to uh, cure some of the disease. You know, that extended diapause is getting to some of us, but uh, it's not in a high level of worry where it sounds like this stem bore is for the Nebraska boys. Mm -hmm. So we're just uh, going to continue to play our uh, – but the best hand we can with rotating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How did the uh, fall fertilizer application window treat you? Did you put down some fertilizer this fall? Yes, we were able to get uh, all of our fertilizer down and shoot with a window that's still open. Uh, I'm currently watching a couple of dirt scrapers work on a waterway right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Tim, what about you? How was, uh, how was uh, the fall application season in Nebraska? Uh, for the window, we couldn't ask for a wider one. Um, we strip-tilled with uh, using anhydrous and blowing in dry, and mm -hmm. uh, we went all fall with very little uh, stopping us. We've got just enough moisture in the topsoil that it's sealing good. Uh, we're actually finishing up a custom project today and tomorrow, and that'll probably be it for the strip-till. But there again, there is some some dirt moving around, and uh, you know, with dirt scrapers and guys cleaning out ditches and low spots and stuff. So it's been a very open fall. So Tim, if for those who correct me if I'm wrong here, but for those who have already laid down their fertilizer, their acreage decisions are pretty much set, right? True. For, from the nitrogen aspect, yes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's. Probably a few more people around here that use liquid than anhydrous, so those acres are not not applied yet. Um, but the dry has went on at a, an above average rate, um, but that could be for corn or beans. Yeah, oh, the dry fertilizer. Do you do you have a sense of maybe leaning one way or the other toward corn or beans? 
you know, in Nebraska, I, I kind of get a little bit of a feel that we're going leaning toward more corn with the pests, the disease and the pests and the soybeans. Yeah. Um, but as I go east of here, like Scott's saying, there's some corn rootworm issues in northeast Iowa. Um, just listening to some other agronomists talk and what they're hearing from their producers, this sounds like this one's going to be a hard one to figure out this year. Uh, a lot of times it's not just so territorial, but it seems like it's more territorial this year of, of who's going to go what direction on corn mm. or beans. Mm-hmm. Scott, I <laughs> every year I'm a little bit uh, skeptical of the acreage discussion. Guys like me, we bring smart dudes in on the on the air, and we all talk about, well, I think we're going to see another four million this and you know two million less of that. But then when I go and talk to farmers, I get the answer that you gave me. Well, I'm probably just going to stick with my regular rotation. How prevalent is it for somebody to say, you know what, I'm going corn on corn this year in Grundy County, Iowa? I I don't feel like it happens all that much. Um, most guys in the area stick with what they like here. We've got seed corn east of us. We got seed corn west of us. So those guys are going to have to rotate. Um, there's some larger operations that loved combine corn. They're doing corn on corn. They've got their stocks work. They've got their nitrogen down. Mm-hmm. Those acres aren't changing. Uh, some more, uh, guys that like to play the financial games and can be flexible. Sure. They've spread their drive, but they don't have anything worked mm-hmm. personally with the lack of rainfall. I'm doing very, very few acres corn on corn because, you know, you work it out, you dry it out, you work it in the spring, you dry it out. And 200 bushel corn on corn is hard to pencil if you can get 13 or so beans Mm -hmm. uh, in a dry year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, Tim, I want to hop over to you for this question. We're going to change gears just a little bit. Interest rates, the Fed, all this stuff is... uh, is a big deal, a big topic of conversation. I've seen in several sort of economic barometers that entered that survey farmers or ag bankers or whatever. Apparently, uh, real farmers are terrified um, with what the Fed may or may not do. Do do you care as much as people think you do about what the Fed decides to do, Tim? I would say most certainly yes. Um, you know, we sit a lot around, a lot of times we'd sit around and talk about the weather a lot. We talk about the grain price a lot, talk about what we're planting next year, but probably the most important thing to me is the interest rate and how it affects the, uh, the global economy. You know, 20 years Mm -hmm. ago, I would have said U S economy, but boy, it's probably the most important thing right now that we're, that we're watching because it affects so many different aspects of inputs, outputs, which way we go, you know? Right, right. Uh, Scott, your thoughts, the cost of money. Well, it's no secret. I'm still wet behind the ears. I don't really know what real interest rates are, but it's definitely on top of mind. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're locking in cheap interest rates where we can. I, I call them cheap because, yes, they still are. But, um, you know, looking at what Machinery Pete talks about every Monday, these pieces of equipment aren't getting any cheaper and I might spend a little more to go to the dealership, but if I can get 0% interest rate, that's, that's real money these days. And so it's definitely a forefront when trying to make decisions, trying to decide if 
I can get 0% through a lender on some inputs, you know, paying early. Does the discount cover my interest? It's, it's definitely something that guys need to sit down and pencil and take some time to figure out this year. So, well, that's, that's very encouraging. There are ways to manage this. Tim, um, Scott saying, admittedly, he's a bit wet behind the ears. You probably remember a, a, a much different interest rate environment that maybe, maybe might look, make look today's interest rates look not so bad. Yeah, I, I did start farming in the mid to late eighties. And, uh, so I did have kind of caught the full cycle, but yeah, it's eight, eight to nine percent interest today seems bad you know, over the last 15 years, but uh, it, it was 18 to 19 at one point in time for a while back in the mid-80s. That's exactly right. My guests on the Farmer Forum today, Scott Berger, and we just heard from Tim Gregerson. Glad to have them both. Um, you know, we're going to we're gonna talk Farm Bill. I, I never did nail down how the yields went, but it sounds like they both did all right. Um, we're going to continue the conversation on the other side of this break. Glad that you have opted to spend some time with us today. It's our Farmer Forum here on AgriTalk. It's your pal, Davis Michelson. Don't go away. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. On your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device, AgriTalk is live every weekday. Well, I would say it's a two-step Tuesday. Man, I can't talk today. You ever have one of those days where just nothing will... Well, George, straight for you. Your pal Davis Michelson on AgriTalk. The Farmer Forum rolls on with Tim Gregerson. And let me bring in Scott Berger and pose this question to you, Scott. You can answer this however you want. Use whatever context you like. Um, but from where you are sitting, what's the most important thing in the world right now? So you gave us a heads up on this question, and I yep. I stumbled on it a lot last night. Um, this morning it came to me. We need to find a balance in this world. I know we can't do anything about the weather, but... Mm-hmm. We can't be trying to swing from 100% fossil fuels to 100% renewable fuels. Mm-hmm. Um, everything from politicians to religions to just how we treat each other. It feels like we are so polarized in everything in the world that a good balance somehow needs to be found. So what you, I think what you're suggesting is we all share a Coke and a smile. Can we get back to that? That sounds wonderful, doesn't it? I would at my age, I you know, I got I got to watch the figure a little bit. I would have a diet coke, but I would certainly uh, 
partake in the in the smile. Tim, um, Scott brings up some excellent points. We've got COP28 now, and our fossil fuel is going to be in the language. Are they not going to be? That's a whole big thing. If I ask you, now you mentioned a little bit on the financing and the cost of money, but uh, Tim, if you were asked the most important thing in the world right now, as far as you're concerned, what would your answer be? My answer would fall a somewhat close second to Scott's. Scott's is number one, mm-hmm. but I still go back to the interest rate and the effect on the world economy and mm-hmm. what direction we we go to try to control interest rates not going higher, you know, and how they're going to handle that here in the next year to year and a half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and maybe I just don't understand it. And I'm, I'm more than willing to admit that. But to try and smooth a system such as ours, which is is intended to be a free market economy, to impose certain restrictions, benchmarks, whatever, on what is supposed to be, you know, a wild horse of the hills to to do what he do what he pleases. Um, managing something like that can often have unintended consequences. I hate to use that phrase, but you know, you put your hands in there and pretty soon you break the seal and something's gone wrong. Yeah, you have to find the happy medium. It's just like God said, you got to get along. You got to get along with people. And uh, the happy medium is hopefully, you know, of the interest rates and controlling the economy because one direction is going to hurt some people, going to help some people. The other direction is going to vice versa. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you kind of got to keep cool heads, have a lot of communication and, and, you know, Try to try to please, you know, everybody in the middle, I guess, you know, because you're mm-hmm. not going to please everybody all the time. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I th- you know, just one, I think a message that's, that's been lost, just be kind. Just be kind. That would uh, go a long ways. Um, the farm bill keeps kind of getting kicked down the road. There are those who say, hey, we don't want to just slap something together quick. We need to get this done correctly. Others are saying, we just, we need to get this done. We need an extension, yada, yada, yada. Tim. Any thoughts on the farm bill? Oh, there's there's a lot of angles to finishing a farm bill. There's no doubt about that. Um, to me, the most important part for production agriculture is is the crop insurance program that we keep that you know fully funded and keep that going uh, because of the things that are out of our hands, Mother Nature and such uh, that can affect us from a year to year. That if we didn't have that, it could make a huge change in when we need to stay in the middle. We need to be, you know, we need to be able to farm the next year for the people that have a terrible weather consequence one particular year. And crop the crop insurance program seems to level that playing field and, and keep things going. Mm-hmm. Scott, when you when you talk about the way that we, so many of us are divided, the way there are so many fissures. Um, among opinions right now. Sometimes when you when you see a kid act an ornery, you think, oh, geez, well, look at his parents. Um, <laughs> if, uh, if the government <laughs> is our parents, God forbid. Um, but, you know, uh, hey, you expect them to be a reflection of the people or is it the other way around? They are certainly absolutely divided and digging in their heels on certain issues and are not going to give... Um, the farm bill's got to the farm bill's got to get done sometime eventually. Scott, yeah. you know, not to be harsh, but disappointment mm-hmm. is a word that comes to mind when I think of farm bill. 
it, everybody's always been talking about how it's never been a, a political divide, how they come together to do it. Um, sure. Well, unfortunately, with the direction. Farm bill. Yeah. Right. The, the direction that everything's going, maybe the farm bill needs to be renamed to national security bill because <laughs> those that defeat themselves starve themselves. And I, I am all for making sure that there are children that don't go to bed hungry. I am all for helping mm-hmm. those who have struggles. I'm all for having some more boundaries and limitations on some of those things. But just like I apologize, Tim said, we need to have a real supportive net underneath of us so that we can continue to do what we do, which is feed America, whether it's feed the world, whether it's growing or shrinking, we still need to provide the best quality food for the lowest price available so that the rest of the world and the economy can survive and thrive. Well said. Well said. Uh, Tim, let's wrap up with this question. What are you, what are you doing today? What's, uh, what's priority one on the operation in the immediate future? Um, we're trying to decide if Mother Nature is going to give us better cr- pricing opportunities for our crop down the line or we take the basis we have now and sell some crop and pay off some interest bills and other bills. And uh, we're still working in the field just a little bit, getting ready for next year. Excellent, excellent. Scott, what about you? What's today look like? Oh, we're going to do some office work. Like Tim said, we got to figure out uh, next year, get things lined up. Still letting, uh, still letting the dozers and scrapers work in the field. So mm-hmm. just as long as everybody's moving forward towards the same goal, we keep plugging away things. Yeah, right on. Well, Scott Berger from Iowa, Tim Gregerson from Nebraska. Dudes, this was a great conversation. Thanks for your time today on AgriTalk. I appreciate you both. Thank you, David. And with that, uh, let's see. Michelle Rook is coming up as host this afternoon. Uh, For all my guests, thanks.